friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today is episode 95. We are just around the corner from celebrating 100 episodes, which is honestly mind-blowing to me, but I'm so, so excited and so grateful for your support and just so thankful for how this podcast has helped to build more and more community. If you're new around here, thank you so much for listening in and just know that the goal here is to inspire and encourage you as you walk out your calling in life. And for all of our friends listening, I would love to hear from you. So if you are on Instagram or Facebook or just want to send an email via our website, it would mean so much to hear from you because podcasting is kind of this oddly one-sided kind of thing. So I know you're out there and that you're listening, which is so encouraging, but it would just be so fun to hear from you and hear your stories and kind of what you're up to and how this podcast can continue to serve you. Well, I don't know anyone better to help encourage and inspire us today than my friend, Lara Ello. Lara has such a sweet spirit that you will definitely experience today in our conversation. She and I met through our time at Audeum Dance Company, and she is currently directing the Open Sky Arts Collective Houston branch. In our time together today, Lara shares incredible testimonies of dreams fulfilled in her life, of healing, of how God can redeem time and how he can redeem anything in your story. Lara shares about some of the hard seasons that she's walked through, and especially about many, many years of waiting. One of the main takeaways I had from this conversation is her encouragement that God is in the waiting and that he has purpose in our waiting seasons. She also shares about some of her experiences with dance and ministry and also the fruit that comes from fostering unity and authentic community with others. I'll mention it again at the end of the episode, but just in case, wanted to let you know that if you are in the Houston area, Open Sky Houston is hosting their very first spring dance intensive this Saturday and Sunday. So be sure to check out their Instagram at OpenSky underscore Houston to see the details. It's not too late to check it out. I'm so excited for you to hear her story. So we're going to jump right in. Enjoy my conversation with Lara Ello. So glad to get to see you this morning. And thank you so much, Laura, for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Yes. Excited to be here. So grateful to, to get to connect. And we'll probably talk about this in a little bit, but we recently had met for coffee and just getting to share a little bit of what's been going on the past few years. And that was so fun just to reconnect and to get to hear some really cool testimonies of what God's been doing in your life. And can't wait for just for you to be able to share your story today. So yes. as we jump in, we can give people a little background of how we know each other, which is fun. <laughs> so I feel like you actually knew Ben probably before you knew me. I did. Yes. Yeah. We, I met him on an Arrows International trip years ago. Gosh, I think it was 2009 to Guatemala. And, and then I went the next year to Costa Rica and he was a part of the team I'm not sure if he went to China with us. Do you know if he went to China? I can't remember. That's a great question. I don't know. I'd have to ask him. But yeah, yeah. but I do remember him being just such a ball of light and joy and comedy relief and yes. such. He was just so fun to travel with. So yeah, yes. he's great with that. With just like bringing that 
comic relief to a situation. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Tons of joy. Yeah. So great. Definitely. And then, mm-hmm. so I came to AJM2 in 2012, I believe. Yes. When you were part of the main company at AJM as well. So that was such a, just a gift to be able to be there in the same season and yes. get to just receive that friendship yeah. and <laughs> be able to get Absolutely. to know you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We did several outreaches together too, huh? Yes. Oh, do you remember <laughs> the, uh, I remember someone just recently posted the one where we went to the children's hospital uh-huh. And it was the giraffes can't dance storybook. Yes. And we did like a whole dance version of it, which was so mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Oh gosh. That was fun. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So many great outreaches and mm-hmm. just love your heart for the Lord and for being able to utilize dance as a way to, you know, to be able to connect with people and to share stories. And I know we're definitely going to get into that, but before we do, do you want to just introduce yourself? Just a little overview of who you are? Sure. Yeah. My name is Lara Ello and I have been, gosh, just here in Houston for 12 or so years. I'm originally from California, but God brought me here to work with Adeum and then Later, other companies. Now I'm with Open Sky, directing the Houston branch. And yeah, that's the general gist of who I am. I I love kids. I've been teaching kids for years, special needs kids and adults, dance. And I'm also a Feldenkrais practitioner. So I have a passion for somatic education and, and healing mind, soul, body, spirit, you know. So yes, I love to flow that way. Too. Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that yeah. so much. And that's super powerful. I've only experienced a little bit of it in college and then a little mm-hmm. bit post-college. And yeah, it's pretty incredible just subtle how subtle shifts can really make such a big impact on our bodies and overall wellness. Yes. God used Feldenkrais method that rhymes with rice. It's not some weird religion. Yeah. Feldenkrais. <laughs> but to bring healing to my body through a time of trauma. So yeah, I just love how he uses movement to bring healing. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. So yeah. um, one thing that we were talking about recently on our little coffee date was just the idea of how God redeems time and how he He has a purpose and a plan, even in the seasons where it feels like, what in the world is going on right now? <laughs> so I would just love yes. to give you, the open up the conversation to have you share your story with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some big waiting seasons that you've walked through. So I may just turn it over to you and just however you feel led to share about it would be incredible. Yeah, sure. Would love to, you know, I'm living in the fresh fulfillment of my heart's desire being fulfilled. And so this is definitely the crux of what I wanted to talk about on this podcast today. And if someone just, if people just listen over the first five minutes, I really <laughs> want them to be encouraged by this truth that God redeems time. And that it's never too late Mm. for him to move in your life. Even, I mean, I think a lot of us can relate to, there's a scripture that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Yes. In Proverbs 13, 12, just for reference, but that feeling of heart sickness, like, oh, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, whether it be for a spouse or a child or um, just a ministry dream or your own personal healing or healing for someone else. Like this side of heaven where it's like heaven's here, but not yet. Like we don't, we're not in the fulfillment yet of all things. And so there's this, even our, our longing to be with the Lord, like we have him here and now, but it, but not in the full consummation of like, Yes. <laughs> until until we're home with him. So anyway, 
all that to say my journey, I have, you know, God's timing isn't always our timing. Exactly. <laughs> and for years I've desired a family, like, you know, it's just been a desire. And I've had the, the faith for a physical, tangible, you know, family husband, not just my spiritual family and my own children. And, you know, I've traveled the world. I don't have any regret. I've, I've lived a full life, you know, pursuing God. And, but oftentimes there'll be moments of like Hannah prayers, you know, like, Lord, (laughs) I'm seeing, I I see your goodness fulfilled in others' lives. And it wasn't a jealousy thing. It was just like, I'm, I I know I'm going to take their testimony for me, but it hasn't happened yet. And the time is ticking and I'm in my forties. And yeah, the longer the waiting period, the harder it was, the more challenging it was to believe. Cause I, I, I started to really have to let go and not idolize that dream, mm, you know, yeah. because it can, it can take so much weight in your heart that it can just be heavy, you know? Yeah. And so I ha- I kept releasing it to the Lord, but then I remember at 2021, it's kind of personal, but I'm going to shoot out there. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, I, appreciate- I, I had faith, like this faith in me that just, it was this prayer that I just asked the Lord, Hey God, I really, I want to be married and pregnant in 2022. Can you do that? And of course we know God's not a genie and he doesn't just do what we want when we want it. Right. And that's a part of the pain of waiting is it doesn't usually happen when we want it, mm-hmm. but I had this faith and I was like, I know you can do it. And sure enough, he fulfilled both of those hearts desires. I got married in May, 2022 and I will have a baby girl in May, 2023. Wow. And Again, that's like desire fulfilled. So, you know, people who know me really well and they know my history, they 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 either weep when I tell them that <laughs> I'm I'm, pre- I'm gonna have a child, or they they just hysterically laugh because not only does he redeem time, but he redeemed my physical body. Like wow. I had years of, of really as a dancer and having an eating disorder in my past my body not functioning right until I was 40. I got my menstrual cycles back. I know that's personal, but all that to say, like if someone is listening to this even now and they have had trauma in their body and they have not seen the fulfillment of that healing yet, and there's still scars, God can heal the scars. Mm. And he did it for me. And that's why I'm still in awe that that this is happening. Yeah, so it's so beautiful. Oh my goodness. I, I was like so amazed yeah. when you told me in person. I was just like, oh, this is such a beautiful yeah. just picture of of the heart of God, even though, you know, coming through so much season of pain and waiting and the struggle, really, like you said, to hold hope because it, it's hard to hold on to hope, mm-hmm. especially like mm-hmm. you said, the longer it goes with that unfulfilled dream. But just seeing God's goodness in each season and how he, like, he's not done yet kind of a thing. Yeah. Yes. 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 I, I had Hebrews 11, 11 pasted to my, my shower door, like the inside of my shower for years. And it's, it's the hall of faith, you know, like when we, we can encourage ourselves in the Lord in the times of waiting because he's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful and he's good. And we have to remember his nature because sometimes we question him mm-hmm. when things aren't happening, you know, and when there's hope deferred over and over and over again, which I completely understand. We question who he is. We we're tested in our faith. We're tested in where we, our priorities lie. Is Jesus really enough for me? Like, if this doesn't happen, am I going to be okay? And, and all of that through the pain and the brokenness of the trial of waiting, like he, he does produce something beautiful. And that's what his desire is. And our ultimate desire is to know him. Gosh, I remember Graham Cook saying, you know, in every season, even in the hardest seasons, like ask the Lord, who are you revealing yourself 
to be in this season. Like, how would we know if he's a healer if we never experienced sickness? You know, not that he he's the author of sickness, but right. but he's the one who turns all things into good. Yes. And so I don't know, that's just for me in my waiting season, I I really I grew so much in stability and who I was and and in in finding joy apart from like all, all of my desires being finding joy in the Lord. And yeah. but anyway, Hebrews eleven eleven, that scripture says, by faith Sarah she received strength to conceive, even though she was past the age of childbearing, because she considered him faithful who had promised. Mm, yes. And that's a part of his nature and his character. He's never not faithful. Like mm-hmm. even when we mess up, we miss the mark. We we kind of we can cause delays in our life because of our rebellion or whatever. Like he's still faithful to woo us back. And that's ultimately what he wants. You know, in John 17, like his desire is for us to to be one with him and to know him. And Mm -hmm. so that in every season, that's his desire that we would know him. So anyway, yeah, help me walk through the pain. (laughs) Right. Coming to know Mm -hmm. him in a different way, in a deeper way. And I think probably a lot of people would say it's in those hard seasons when they felt that closeness with God as well, Mm because it is, it's a different, I think when things are all kind of like, it's just going great and whatever, we kind of can tend to think that we are sufficient on our own um, and that Mm -hmm. we can kind of just live life without God in a way. Like it's tempting to think that even though it's so Mm -hmm. far from the truth, but I think sometimes that pain kind of brings us back, you know, to recognizing that God is the one that's in control and that we were dependent on him in a good way, you know? For sure. Yeah. And kind of revealing his character in, in a different way. So for yeah, sure. I love that. Yes. And as I was thinking about just this podcast with you and me and talking about it and bringing it back to the artists, like as my, this is just not theology, but it's my perspective. Yeah. I wrote it down. It's he uses our pain and our brokenness produced in the waiting to make us a deeper well so that he can pour more of himself in and then draw more of himself out. Because as artists, Mm -hmm. our job is to express through motion and emotion. Like God is a God of emotion. Like when we experience those deep things, we can emote those things. You know, Mm -hmm. he wants us to express his heart and his nature and his story and his beauty. And we all have a story. And as artists, like you carry that depth with you when you, when you are expressing and, and it reaches into other people's story and, oh, yeah. Bottom line, he he can redeem anything in your story. And I've seen him do that in my life and in so many others. And even women who've been like trafficked, yeah. I go to a church that has ministry to those women and they are encountering God and they've had severe trauma. And the Lord is coming into those memories in those places and literally redeeming it, wow. washing them and showing them his goodness. And it just gives me so much hope for anyone, like anyone. Yes. God can redeem anyone. Exactly. That's the beauty. And it's so encouraging because I think the enemy would have us believe that the lie that there's no hope for us or we're too far gone or like this area of our lives is never, you know, kind of the nevers and always Mm -hmm. words. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I love that encouragement that with God, like it's, it's not, well, we'll use a never, it's never too late. Like, and that he is. (laughs) That yeah, he is redeeming it's never it. Too late. Yes, he's redeeming whether it's time yeah. or that part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And he's in the waiting. I think that's something I said is that I learned this from actually Jeff Lewis. He's like waiting on the Lord. That means to weave yourself into him. Ooh, yeah. And that that word 
being braided into him. So there's a strength that comes through that two times of perseverance through trial, you know, and really Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to come up higher in in him. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) For everyone listening, our friends listening, maybe we'll come around to a little bit more of the details of the story of just promises fulfilled in these recent couple of years. But maybe we could kind of go backwards just a little bit to your journey with dance and kind of where that first got started and how you've kind of seen that shift over time, I guess. Sure. Sure. I, you know, I had this encounter with God when I was right around college is when I started to really pursue the Lord. I I grew up in church and I grew up dancing, but it wasn't until I merged, I really started to pursue God that I had a whole nother perspective, obviously of of dance. Mm -hmm. Originally it was dance was always meant to be a blessing to me. Yeah. You know, God intended for it to be a blessing. And it was at first, you know, it was actually an escape for emotional pain that I was experiencing. I was a lot of confusion and anxiety growing up, just home life and whatnot. And when I would dance, I always felt this release. You know, I felt like the the technique provided structure that I didn't have at home and it was safe for me. And then the performance and the the just being coming alive and and expressing myself helped unlock things in me. So I could mm. see the positive of it. Right. But then junior high, you know, lots of trauma, not lots of trauma, just things, a lot of stabilities that I needed as a child that I didn't have, you know, were erupting. And I was just, I erupted and became rebellious and started to take control into my own hands. And then one of the ways to do that was through an eating disorder, through what I was eating or not eating because I was anorexic and I was hospitalized for two months. And I remember crying out to God going, I can't fix myself. Like I, I need you. And and it has been a healing journey. Let me tell you, like he didn't heal me right away. Like he, he, he did in some ways, but I mean, here I am in my forties and he finally healed my body from that trauma years ago. Right, you know? yeah. And so, wow. Talk about waiting on the Lord. Yeah. But, but I learned looking back, okay, that's just, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to find I, the dance culture that was supposed dance was supposed to be a blessing. It became destructive because I didn't know who I was. Ooh, yeah. I was living under comparison, you know, jealousy, constantly measuring myself, constantly coming up with my own standards for myself that I could never live up to. And I, all those lies crept in, like you're never good enough. You'll da da da. Your body, this that. The enemy was having a heyday with me because mm-hmm. I had open doors of unforgiveness, self hate, anger, you know, all those things. All that to say, he he brought me out of that, you know, in college. And I had this encounter with the Lord, and I was a part of this this dance group that was the the leader was very controlling our our director, and I I was really lost. I was dancing for myself. I didn't have any other real purpose. Mm-hmm. I just thought it. I was that you know it was just the path I chose to take. I didn't realize it was a calling, and God has so much more for me. Yeah. But I was driving to rehearsal one day, and I felt the Lord say it sounds weird, but he gave me this image of my gravestone Mm. and it said my name. And then it said dance till her death. Uh, And I knew what that meant. I knew what that meant. It's like, this thing has control over me. I am under the machine of dance and I find no pleasure in it. And it is just sucking me dry. And why am I doing this anyways? This is not my life. There's so much more. Like I knew that just from that image. And then I heard the Lord say, Laura, you dance to bring me pleasure. Mm. I was like, what? What is that? I had never heard that (laughs) before. I mean, I didn't even, 
you know, and that, that began a healing journey of loving myself and falling in love with the Lord. And the light bulb would just kept going off. And I realized, oh my gosh, I don't go to church to hear somebody talk about God. I can know him myself. And, and, um, ended up quitting that, that group. And, and I felt the Lord say, now you're free to know me. And I'm just diving just into, into the word. And yeah. he had me dance at a woman's conference. And this is where I encountered the Holy spirit, yeah. where it was a massive shift in my life. I was asked to do a pas de deux with this man who I knew from college. We actually did Cinderella together. He was the prince Aww. and I was Cinderella. It was That's so sweet. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and God gave me that role because I didn't deserve it. It was so funny. Like sometimes uh-huh. he, he can use your dance journey, like the actual dances that you're dancing to heal you. And he did that through Cinderella. I auditioned as a stepsister because uh-huh. I thought I thought it'd be fun to act. And I didn't think I deserved a role like Cinderella. It didn't even cross my mind, but I got called back and then I got the role. And uh-huh. the Lord was showing me through that, like, I bring beauty out of ashes. Like you've lived this story wow. of like live. Yeah. That's so um, cool. <laughs> so, you know, it, when he moves, he moves and yes. he moves and he uses our, our area, our passions, you know, dance to speak to me. And so anyway, we did this pot of dough about Mary at Jesus's feet and it was the first time I really started to journal and ask the Lord, okay, what would it have been like? What would it have been like to look into your eyes? Like, what's your smile like? Like, what do you, what kind of conversations did you have with Mary? Like, yeah. what did she bring it? You know, and, and the Lord was showing me, Hey, I want you to live this kind of lifestyle. Like the, this is, this is you like at my mm-hmm. feet, you know, and so much happened there, but we did the piece and the women, they just wept and they said, that was prophetic. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like it means God speaks. I'm like, what? He speaks through my dance. They're like, yeah. So here I am. God says that I bring him pleasure in my dance and I'm learning that he actually can speak through it and touch other people. Mm, So my perspective, my motivation is now shifting from, oh, I'm not dancing for myself. I can actually experience and commune with God and bring him pleasure and communicate him to other people in a way that like means something to them and draws them closer. Yeah. Then, then from there, I just, they read my mail, prophesied over me and got healing. Uh (laughs) And, And I started traveling with these women and I stopped dancing. Like I, I just, I, I needed to be trained in the spiritual now at this season in my life. I, mm-hmm. I came out of the, the physical training and he needed me, me to get away from that dance training for a while and just learn about him and learn about the gifts of the spirit. And I traveled with them and taught dance and worship. And then he started igniting that showing me, teaching me, what does dance and worship have to do with worship? What does the Bible have to do with dance? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that whole journey, which was really fun. And in that time, I felt like he spoke over me, like the mandate over my life almost. And it wasn't even necessarily had to do with dance, but it was, I was at a worship conference teaching and one of the speakers talked about the Holy of Holies. And, and we all know that it was a place that we, we, through the blood of Jesus, we can enter into God's presence, you know, unashamed, Mm -hmm. you know, we have that, that intimate connection with him, but he was showing, he was teaching about the ark and the Holy of Holies and how precious it was. Mm -hmm. And I heard, I felt like the Lord was saying, Hey, Laura, I want you to live in this place of the secret place, like the Holy of Holies in deep communion with me. And then I want you to take that secret place out to the public space. Mm, And it was just, yeah, it's just a, a glimpse, but now I can see looking back. Oh my gosh, that's what I've been doing. That's mm-hmm. what, <laughs> that's the call of God on my life, you know, and it's, it's transpired in so many ways. And it's probably, it's the call in all of our life essentially is to know him and make him known, yeah. you know, 
but but kind of in a unique way with for you, you know, thinking about there's a certain sense of that intimacy with God that even I experience when I'm with you, you know, and I mm. I can see how even though it is kind of broader every, you know, believer's calling, at the same time I think I love how it was like a specific to you, it's a different flavor or whatever, like uh, Tahila said, so like a different flavor yeah. that he's bringing to the world through you. So, sure, sure, yes, yes. I mean, we all are called to know him, but the calling looks different. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I didn't know that it, a lot of it had to do with evangelism, actually, which came later through my dance. But in this season, yeah, he was showing me that, and then I started longing for, okay, how do I do that? Like, how do I use my gifts and how can your spirit and your power ride on the, this little gift of dance? And how can I see lives change? Like, I want more. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? And then he sent me on an Arizona national trip. Oh, cool. And that's when everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went on a, my first trip to Guatemala and I just wept at the end of that trip. And I said, God, you, you, you answered the desires of my heart to dance. I, I was missing like dancing technically because I had taken time off, like to dance with excellence for you, but also to dance amongst a community of believers that have faith and believe in, in the, in the power of God and that you can really use dance in, in ways to bring your kingdom. And I, I saw that happen. We saw healings, we saw deliverances, we saw radical things happen Incredible. just through our, our dance of faith, you know, and from there, yeah, I went to a dam and my dance journey just kept unfolding, nice. <laughs> but it wasn't even really about it's not just about dance. Like he's constantly doing that deeper work of refining our character mm-hmm. because you can be a great dancer and love God, but not have a lot of depth in your character. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, he, he wants us to, to literally be little Christ, you know, mm-hmm. and though the we're anointed like him, we're, we're, we're filled with his love and his humility. And I don't know. I go off on a tangent about that, but, but for me, a dam was, was really character building more than anything. And I learned how to go lower and, and I was also 30 and most of the dancers were 10 years younger than me. And that's another redemption of time. I thought I was done dancing. Yeah. And then God opened this door for me to just enter into my calling at 30 and not, not the age really matters, but just to encourage anyone who's like listening to this and maybe they're they're just now stepping into a dream. Don't let the world's standard like affect you because mm-hmm. it's it's never too late to dance, never too late to step into the dreams he has for you. So good. So yeah. Anyway, there's more there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm interested. So so during that time at Ade, I'm kind of refining character and building things kind of into you as well, I feel like. So yeah. what were maybe some of the key things that you feel like God spoke to you during that time that kind of led into the next season? That's such a good question. Yeah. He, first of all, broke my box of what I thought Christian dance was. You know, yes. I, I just had this small perspective and Randall Flynn, you know, he's, his palette is so big and the way God can speak through his artistry in general just blew me away. But a couple of things I learned was how to honor leadership, how to be a servant artist. She talked about all the time. Mm-hmm. We need to pray for our leaders. They are human. They make mistakes, but the way we honor them it blesses the community, how to, how to foster unity in the community, how to bless and encourage others that are better than me instead of being jealous of them, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> how that's to a, encourage that's hard. them. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You know, and it just, 
I found my place as an encourager really in that community. Yeah. And even though I felt like a weak link, honestly, at times it's like, are you sure you still want me? <laughs> but, he, but I brought a different strength, yes. you know, and, and to really see, because whenever you're in a company like that, you're so intimate, the stuff's going to cut. It's actually healthy to have a little friction because you're growing so close. Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, how to protect that unity is, is very biblical. Like mm-hmm. they'll know you're my disciples, your love for one another. Another thing I learned was dance and intercession. Ooh, yeah, We did a lot of prayer. And when we were on stage, dance became less of a performance and more of a, a, a travail of, of a prayer. I kept entering into that when I was with Adam and and also just on a personal level, I had to learn how to let my walls down and how to let people in. Mm-hmm. So that's pride, you know, and how to really live in a deeper, deeper communion with these people mm-hmm. because God blesses unity. Uh, Psalm 133, he pours out his oil, his anointing, his blessing on the unity of, of his brethren. So yeah. anyway, those are all things, but oh gosh, those are probably so, good. So, so, yes. so much more. Yeah. Yes, those uh-huh. are so, so good. And like thinking back on that time now. I can definitely see that as well. And just you as an encourager in that place and speaking into our lives. And it didn't matter if we were the newbie and a damn too, or, oh. <laughs> you know, um, or mm. someone who is a longtime member of the main company, like you were definitely yes. speaking life and encouragement into everyone. And they're definitely, I feel like, you know, there's such a cool group of just solid ladies at that time. I feel like that I even remember, you know, we just passed Valentine's or we're about to pass Valentine's Day. And um, uh-huh. you know, we did Galentine's or like a get together yeah. and just such a special, yeah. sweet sort of sisterhood, I feel like that was developed <laughs> as well. Um, I'm not even sure where I'm going with this, except that it was so cool. <laughs> yes. And I want to piggyback on that for anyone that community, living in community is a part of your healing. Like for me. Yeah. I know that sometimes as pioneers and as artists, we're kind of lone rangers, mm-hmm. but it's so good to have those key people that you can pray with, that know you, that you can be vulnerable with. You're not having to perform for, and that, that really was brought some healing to me in that way. And I also realized this is just a side, another side note I just thought of, but yeah. when I was dancing with Adam, I also realized, okay, this isn't. I'm not necessarily called to the stages anymore. I'm called to the streets. And that's when I mm. asked Randy, you know, can we do some outreaches? And so when we started going to children's hospitals and stuff, because I realized this is my heart is to go more to the, bring the feast to those that wouldn't get to come into a, a theater, you know, yes. um, bring, bring the gospel to them. And, and then that sent me on a spiral, you know, to mm-hmm. the, to the nations from there. So, so cool. Yeah. So where did that, what was kind of your next step from Adeyam? Yeah, you know, God opened this store really quickly to partner with Tread. They needed a dancer. This was really right after Adeum. Yeah. And I went to France for three months and cool. traveled with Tread on the streets of Europe. And uh, that's where I realized this evangelistic kind of gifting on my life. Mm-hmm. We would present these pieces on the streets uh, and then someone would share their testimony. And I just came alive. Like I realized, whoa. And he got broke my heart. I remember before we went on that outreach, he showed me, he's like, Hey, Lara, there's no difference between you and the people you're ministering to. Like you've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Basically <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, same playing field. Like I died for all. He's like, there's no difference. Right. So it's don't not like we're this. looking down on someone. That, yeah. Yes, exactly. See, and he was mm-hmm. trying in that. He's just showing me like, I want you to see the value of these lost ones. And he just mm-hmm. kept giving me a heart for the lost. And, and yeah, it was a wonderful time. And I also realized that 
he, he was showing me that it just takes faith. Like, yeah, it, he blesses faith and we danced by faith. We spoke by faith and it, it just really ministered to people. Mm-hmm. And I remember one scripture in particular, I was ministering to some actor guy during this festival in Avignon, France. And the Lord showed me a scripture in the Bible that says, surely like truth has stumbled in the streets. And I was talking to this guy that was so delusional and he just had no grip grid for God. And I was like, man, Lord, how can I be a part of restoring truth in the streets? And then the questions kept coming up. Like, why am I not doing this in my hometown? Like, I know we're not an outdoor mm-hmm. culture, but how can we use dance to preach the gospel? You know, what does that look yeah. like? And how can I be more bold for you? And, and that started another journey of like going out into the public and, you know, just dancing by faith to seeing what God would do. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like dance is one of those things that like music as well, even visual art, really the arts in general, it becomes this almost like a conversation starter, you know, and breaks down some walls that we would have if we were just to walk up to someone, which is also great as well. But, you know, there's, there's a little bit more of that fear there. Whereas when maybe for the person that's being spoken to (laughs) Mm -hmm. versus with the arts, you know, it like draws people in and, you know, goes straight to the heart. I feel like in a way that other things can't. Yes. Pretty powerful. Yes. In fact, I, when I was in Marseille, France, uh, a Muslim, I can't remember if it was Muslim. I think it was a Muslim or Hindu family. They pulled me aside and they said just that they're like, Hey, thank you. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, thank you for being vulnerable. Like for any amount of use the word vulnerable, but for like taking the risk and, and sharing yourself through, through that dance, like that meant a lot. And sure enough, that dance, they saw what it took to do that. And then I opened them up to receive the message, you know, and nice. yeah, their walls came down. They approached me. I gave them a Bible. I don't think they, it wasn't like the salvation moment, but it was a seed planted exactly. and they, yeah, yeah. It definitely attracts people when you're performing or the arts is a bridge, a bridge to the nations. Mm-hmm. The nations that don't welcome proselytizing. I mean, yeah. right. And even, you know, uh, goes beyond language barriers and yes, for yes. sure. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I think there's so, I mean, it's not nothing new. YWAM's been doing it for years and dancers are, are out, been doing that for years, but I think there's going to be a thrust soon of like sending, sending more dancers out yeah. in that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Do you have any other just like fun stories from your, your trips as well, your travels, (laughs) or even locally. I mean, any stories that come to mind? (laughs) I remember being in Israel. This is just, yeah, I was actually there with Ben. Cool. Was dancing at the the feast? feast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dancing at the feast. And then I took some days just on my own and I was at the wailing wall, the weeping wall. They separate men and women. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember, you know, you can't openly share Jesus there, but you, I mean, you can, but it's not like, what. yeah, it's not, as, it's not like America, you know, you can't stand on the street yeah. corner and preach, but of course, if God says, do it, do it. But anyway, I was there and I realized, oh, Lord, this is the wall. Like everyone's praying and writing prayers and sticking them in the wall. And I just lifted my hands up and it was, it sounds so silly, but you have the freedom anywhere you are. Even if you're in North Korea, you can lift your hands up. We have the freedom to use our body, even if we're not using our words right? to worship God. And I just stayed there and I was this posture of worship. Mm. And I don't know who was looking or what was happening, but I knew I was worshiping God in that moment. I wasn't dancing hysterically, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and 
that was just such a powerful moment for me to realize I have the freedom wherever I am to dance, to express my heart through movement Mm -hmm. for the Lord. And I remember being, gosh, I guess here in Houston, the Lord during COVID, this is so interesting, but I, again, it was a season of, Lord, what do I, what do I do? Like I'm here, I can't go anywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he told me to be a laborer in the harvest fields of Houston. And so I'm like, all right. And I just went about, I put my ear pods in and just worship God, you know, out in the parks, everybody was doing exercises. You can't really go to a studio. So might might as well do a ballet class outside. Exactly. So it started kind of like that, but then it turned into all of a sudden I'm listening to a really great worship song and I just have to worship. (laughs) And, and so I would do that a lot outside, you know, various parks. And I'm like, felt the Lord say, yeah, I want you to worship me. And like, why publicly? Like, what's the deal? Like, is there, is there a purpose here? And he's like, Romans one people forgot to, they forgot to worship God and give thanks to God. Therefore he gave them over to the depravity of their minds and, and Mm -hmm. other idols and whatnot. So I'm totally paraphrasing, but he showed me, okay, when you dance publicly for me, it's reminding you're creating an altar for me. You know how many other altars there are to other gods around you? Mm. <laughs> and, and there's a scripture in the Bible that says, like David talks about it, like, I will worship you, the true God, in front of the other gods, you know, in a sense, like, and I will worship you publicly. I will, I will make your name famous, you know, and lots about public praise. And mm-hmm. and so he was growing my boldness, but he really because maybe people thought I was just weird, you know, just dancing, but he was also teaching me about intercession and worship mm-hmm. and how that creates an atmosphere for him. And we know Psalm 149 says that our worship terrifies the enemy. It renders him his, reminds him that he's already judged, et cetera. And mm-hmm. so honestly, during those times, I just felt great. I'm getting my exercise, but I'm worshiping God. And then all of a sudden things started happening and <laughs> I start talking to random people or they come up to me or, and these conversations start and I get to pray for so many people. And this is during COVID and yeah. most everyone was like, yeah, can you pray for my mental sanity? And then I got to share about like the peace of God and mm-hmm. whatnot, because people are, they're afraid. There's so much fear. And oh yeah. It was just an open door and I had so much joy. So interesting time. There's so much death in the atmosphere. And I, and that's what we do as artists or as, as children of God, we bring the life where there's death. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. And he was literally doing that and sweet, you know, just God did some fun stuff and during that time. So yeah, that's so, so powerful. So between tread and the pandemic, (laughs) what was, what was that? season of time were you yeah. back in yeah. Houston like full time that I kind was. of thing okay yes and that's another part of the waiting season you know it was I was lonely I wasn't a part of any real community I would partner with Jenna every once in a while with open sky yeah but it was it was a season after getting back from tread the longing for family was even more intense mm-hmm. because I realized you know I could dance and do this stuff for the rest of my life but I want people, I want to do the greater things with my family. And yeah. so that was painful. But at the same time, I would, God would give me these assignments almost every year after tread, these very interesting assignments that had to do with intercession, worship yeah. in, in the public place. So I think I was telling you like one of them was 2017. I think we Houston was hosting the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and that's the number one time high time for human trafficking. Right. And we are the number one port for human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And the Lord dropped this piece, like (laughs) 
piece on my heart to do to this song called Strike the Ground. And I saw a bunch of dancers dancing with these sticks, like striking the ground. And it talks about like coming against injustice and like asking God for, for, for revival. And we all so epic, but you know, when he gives you a vision like that, you're like, what, this is, this is not, no, (laughs) but then it's, and then you share it with someone. And then luckily we have friends in God. They're like, no, God's breathing on that. Do it. And so I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so we did this. It was almost like a public demonstration or like protest against the injustice of human trafficking. So we did this piece all over in front of sex shops in front of like city hall, you know, at night and it was just intercession. And and then we had another team part of Elijah rising. They were going out into the brothels and ministering and the Lord did some major things. Like there were some busts, some stings, like things were getting exposed. You know, he used our faith Mm -hmm. (laughs) in motion not that it was just the dance, but between all the body of Christ is coming together against this right. injustice. So many different giftings and different parts of the body yes. that come together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was, that was an interesting time. And, mm-hmm. and then he did another one kind of like that at the abortion clinic. Again, this is just like my pre, you know, it's just the interim. Like he's just put, putting these things on my heart because one of the things I learned with Adam was intercession mm-hmm. and it's that God started brewing in me to prayer, not just for dan- the dance or our piece that we're performing, but for the city mm-hmm. and for the people that I'm living with and for, you know, just expanding my heart to pray a little bit more broader. And so I started getting this realizing, oh my gosh, I live in a city with the largest abortion clinic in the nation yeah. that aborts at like, you know, late term. Abor- so anyway, at that time, I felt this piece. I saw just like red roses, dancers in white dancing in front of the gate, you know, of the clinic and yeah. our dance, we ended up doing it. It was beautiful. My husband actually played violin for it. We That's weren't so dating cool. at the time, but it was, fun. So <laughs> but, it, but, but it was about, you know, it was like a memoir or like honoring the children, but also a dance for healing for the parents mm-hmm. that have had abortions. Mm-hmm. And we, we felt like we had a picture of, as we were dancing, like it was creating this fountain of life in front of the gates of death and very, very interesting. Yeah. And I don't even know, but I was just being obedient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So things like that, <laughs> interesting assignments he's had me do over the years. And I just say, okay, let's do yeah, it. <laughs> just go for it. That's, I think that's such yeah. a, a good encouragement as well as far as just obedience to, because I think there's mm-hmm. probably a lot of times that God is speaking or giving us an idea or a thought or like a picture, like you're saying, but it's like actually taking that step of obedience and not yes. being afraid, you know, just moving forward. Or maybe we are afraid, but, you know, asking God to meet us there oh, yeah. and stepping forward even in the fear. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Can't tell you how many times I've been afraid to step out, but when we face it, when we take those steps, he always meets us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's good that we feel weak. The fish and loaves constantly comes back to me as a, just a story of my life. Like really this little dance, you're going to use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can you multiply it somehow? And it doesn't matter. Like sometimes we compare ourselves. Well, I don't have all the goods, you know, I'm not like some amazing dancer, but he can still use what I have, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. Yeah. Lots of corporate worship type things he's been doing in the city. I'm a gatherer. So I love to gather people together to do things. Uh (laughs) So yeah, we've done some praise flash mobs, just bringing the joy of the Lord in the city and love that. Yeah. Just bringing the church together. So the dance, dance worshipers, sometimes we can isolate ourselves, but we're a part of the body, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when we come together, this praise dance 
flash mob, whatever we want to call it. It was so beautiful. I just put out a call north, south, east, west, and we got grandpas coming and kids and people from different denominations. And it just, you could feel the joy of the Lord. Like he just, he was just blessed as the, as an offering in our city. As we gave that to him as an offering. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. So now you are currently directing Open Sky Houston. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to just share a little bit about kind of what you're doing currently with that? And yeah. And then maybe we can sort of wrap up with basically the fulfillment of some of those dreams and how that came about. So it's kind of in the same similar time frame, actually. So however you want to share that makes sense to you, it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Open Sky, man. I'm sure you guys, Jenna's been on here for a bit, but it was birthed seven years ago. And actually I was a part of the very first band of, of artists that went out and did some outreaches. (laughs) It was very much of a hodgepodge and (laughs) it was great, Uh but it was, you know, the Lord spoke to Jenna about this company. She's like, no, there's so many Christian companies. Why? He's like, I want you to go to the least of these. I want you, there's, there's room for you to offer your gifts in other places. Right. Yes. And so that was always my heart. And yeah, we, we went and danced for the homeless and um, we had to pick needles out of the grass before we danced, you know, Uh, and man, it was just so my husband was on that team and she uh, actually whispered to me, she's like, Hey, I I brought my violinist friend, like he's single by the way. And I was like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) but I was definitely not interested. That was seven years ago. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, God really loves open sky. And now there are four yes. um, hubs, Houston, Dallas, Connecticut, and Colorado. So we just need to get Colorado on here because we've had yes, Dallas and Colorado. Connecticut and now Houston. So we need Colorado. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And uh, what I love about Jen and her leadership is that she really honors who we are and realizes, hey, it's, these cities aren't going to look the same. Our cities are different. You're different. Your giftings are different. And so for me and my giftings and how I lead, it's been this year, actually, because I've been so weak and tired, and yeah. sick and not, the, the physically he's been doing less outreaches and more inreaches. So mm. all that to say, we've been offering open classes and the people that have been coming who aren't even really of the same faith, they come because they love the atmosphere and they want to take a good class and yeah. they've been ministered to. We saw God did a physical healing for one of the women he really touched her ankle. She wow. had no pain. She, her, he healed her ankle. Incredible. <laughs> and just as an example, yes. and she's like, her response was, I've heard God can do this for other people, but he's never done it for me. Wow. And so she's like more and more open, more she comes, she encounters the Lord. And so that's been surprising to me just because I haven't had the capacity to do all these outreaches like I normally do. It's been more in reach, mm-hmm. but I've, and I've been learning about leadership and weakness, like feeling weak. It's like this new level of humility of, uh, this is all I have, Lord, you have to ride on this. Like I need you mm-hmm. <laughs> His power rests on our weakness. Right. And right. I've been seeing that over and over again, and it's just uncomfortable, but it's good. And we're doing a spring intensive in a few weeks cool. and that's really wonderful. There are so many young dancers that are dancers in open sky teach that are asking them all these questions about their faith and dance. And so there's so much hunger. We decided, well, we'll just host an intensive and have them come. (laughs) So, you know, passing the the message on to young artists. Cause I remember it wasn't until I was in college when I, when the light bulb went off for me, dance Mm -hmm. and faith, you know, so So, yeah, the younger the better as far as just, yeah, exactly. Them kind of becoming rooted and grounded in that identity of who God mm-hmm. says they are. And yeah, 
So cool. Yes, yes, yeah. We have a few outreach opportunities. We're connecting with the foster care community here and mm-hmm. the Hazy Hollow. They're like a, a trailer park community that really want us to teach dance and nice. start imparting to the kids and, you know, little things like that. And then, of yeah. course, we have our big missions outreaches in the summer mm-hmm. that Jenna heads up Parkersburg and go run a kids camp, open sky clubhouse and again use the arts to reach reach into the hearts (laughs) exactly for sure for sure Mm -hmm. so do you want to just share kind of I mean we we obviously know that you are now married and expecting baby girl so Uh any other things that you wanted to share about just that journey any cool like God stories in the fulfillment of those those promises and dreams and he's not done yet which is exciting too like this is just another step in the journey (laughs) so for sure for sure Oh gosh. (laughs) You know, even having those desires fulfilled, it doesn't take away my need for God, like Mm -hmm. as my first love. Yeah. You know, and it's actually been an exhausting season. I've been dealing with some health stuff, but God actually did a miraculous healing two days ago. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say I haven't been sleeping well, I've been having restless leg and insomnia so much so that I get maybe two to three hours of sleep a night. And I know I can't, I told the Lord, I don't know how much longer I can do this. We've prayed, we've done everything yeah. we can. And, but it's so nice to have a husband that is praying with you mm-hmm. and supporting you and saying, no, God, we're going to, he's going to break through. Sure enough, we were at a service the other night and the healing presence was there. Someone had a word about trauma left lingering in my body from years ago, yeah. told it to go. And I have the past two days have had sleep that I haven't had in months, 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 months. Praise God. And that's so I know cool. That's, yes. 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 And so even with my point is, even with the desires being fulfilled, that you still go through trial, you still go through waiting, waiting for this healing. And again, it's another layer of seeing God move together and mm-hmm. yeah, having having someone who you're one with agreeing with you and it's just a strength. So, and it builds our relationship too, when you go through hard things. Right. So That's anyway, so I don't know. Was, yes. Yes. But so, so good. And again, yeah. A fun part of our story is that Jenna tried to set us up for years and so did several other people that saw, <laughs> <laughs> they saw what we didn't see, but the Lord just unveiled our eyes, you know, as yeah. far as those of you who are waiting for your spouse, you might already know your spouse. Exactly. <laughs> you might already know him and you might've, you might've said, no, uh, he's not my type, which is what I, you know, thought, but don't, don't put the red flag up until there's really a red flag. <laughs> you right. know? And so that makes sense. That was just so fun to that see how so God cool. opened our hearts up towards each other and, you know, knit us together. And we we have such similar giftings and passions Mm-hmm. which is really beautiful. God will do that for those that are waiting. You don't realize how good of a match it is. Even in the initial few months, like it just keeps unfolding. Mm-hmm. The goodness keeps unfolding. That's so good. <laughs> the gift keeps unfolding. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And mm-hmm. as we kind of wrap up today, is there anything else that's on your heart that you want to share with artists right now? I'd say just keep seeking the Lord first. It's so easy to be inundated with stress and pressure and the world's the world is just such a swirl and even lately I've been in that just the cares of the world quenching mm-hmm. a little bit this year just keep keep him first and he will wash over you and he will give you grace for each each and every moment mm-hmm. when you are starting to feel overwhelmed and heavy and exhausted you probably need to pause <laughs> mm-hmm. and we just 
we're learning. We're learning how to stay in the movement and the flow of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So good. That's beautiful mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. And just for a fun question, yeah. what is one of your favorite things right now? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> well, I'm looking over at my four green plants I have in my apartment and we, I kill plants so, so well, indoor yeah. plants. And so my <laughs> latest thing is how to keep an indoor plant alive. Nice. Because I love having life, you know, not just fake plants, but real living exactly. plants. So yes. There's four that are living there. There's four right that are now. living. There's one that's dead outside, but I'm gonna pray resurrection <laughs> life over. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so hard sometimes with plants, but but that's so good. And it does bring just like a freshness and yes, beauty, which is so good. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and better for our air, I think, too. You know? Right. Kind of purifying the air. Yeah. So good. I love that. <laughs> I'm, so good. I'm looking over at our plant that's a little wilty right now. I should probably water it today. <laughs> yes. That's so great. Yes. Well, I would love to let people know where they can connect with you and also with Open Sky Houston. Absolutely. Um, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So our handle is at Lara. I think it's an underscore LO is me. I'm not really very present on my Instagram, but you can yeah. reach me there, DM me, and I can I can definitely message you back. Or Open Sky Houston. I think I sent it to you. Maybe you could put it in the link. Yeah, um, and then open the sky show. arts. Yeah. Those are some ways you can connect with what God's doing. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll definitely link to that. And I'll also link to um, the other open sky episodes. So if people want to go back and kind of hear more of the beginnings of awesome. open sky and the ministry that's going on there, that would be a fun yes. way to do it as yes. well. So, but this has been such a, a sweet time, such a special time to get to connect with Likewise. you and hear really more of your journey than maybe we've heard before and just seeing, you know, how God has been faithful Mm -hmm. through the different seasons. So thank you so Mm -hmm. much for your willingness to share and to be open with us today. So thank you so much again, Laura. Thank you, Rachel. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. My joy. You guys, wasn't that just so refreshing for the soul getting to hear from Lara? I always love when I get to spend time with her and I'm so thankful that she was willing to share her story with us today. As a reminder, the Open Sky Houston Spring Intensive is coming up this Saturday and Sunday, March 11th and 12th. So you can check that out at Open Sky underscore Houston on Instagram. I also wanted to let you know that in our Patreon community, there's some extended conversation with Lara that I think you'd really enjoy. For less than the cost of one Starbucks coffee, you can help be a part of making an impact and allowing us to share the show with more and more people. I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to all of our current patrons, part of our Patreon community, and just let you know that we couldn't do this without your support. Another great way to support the show is just to share this with a friend, send a quick text, share it on social media, and let them know how the show has encouraged you. You can find all the links, the full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create. You were made to inspire. Continue living with purpose and making an impact. I'll see you next time, friends. Bye.